We're in a series called Let There Be Light, and as you heard that song that the worship team just did, it, it, it said, it proclaimed, let there be light, open the eyes of the blind, see God in the beginning, he spoke, and he said, let there be light, and, and there was. Last week we were talking about how when we bring our real self into, into the light, when we step into the truth, when, when we step into the light, that's where we experience God's grace. That's where we experience the most amazing parts of God and, and because the real parts of God can touch the real parts of who we are. And so tonight in our series, Let There Be Light, I, I want to ask a question. And it's a question that has a really, really important implication to it. And the question is, where are you going? Where are you going? There were three friends. They were seniors. They'd been friends for Years. They were like family at this point. And they always had this dream that they would go off to college together and that they would room together so that their friendship bliss could just continue. And so as they were going through high school and, and preparing and everything, uh, they, they would say, oh, well, maybe we should go here, maybe we should go here. And they, they finally picked where, they even picked the dorm, they picked, they picked it all. And, and they, they had this amazing plan of how it was going to go. And so one of them, well, they came from a family who had a lot of money. And so they didn't have to, like, worry about scholarships or anything like that. It was just the grades. And so, you know, the, I'll, I'll study and, and all that. But, uh, you know, I want to take the classes that I like. And, you know, I'll get the classes in that I need to graduate and all of that. And so, so you know, she, she did that. And there was another one who was super super smart and wanted to get in and get in the honors program and and man they were so smart they studied and they studied they wanted to get like so many academic scholarships and all these things and their parents pushed and pushed and pushed for this and so they, they worked so hard in high school they took every AP class they could they they did everything every extra thing all the things and they were one of those, you know the type that like an A minus isn't enough? You, you know that person? Yeah, some of you, you are that person, okay? That was this friend, okay? And then there was another friend. And this other friend, they came from a family that didn't have much money. And she was smart enough to get into the school, but her friends didn't know that her family didn't have a lot of money. And she kind of didn't want them to know. But she had to really do her research on her scholarships and really do the research on, okay, what classes can I take beforehand so that, that I can show that I'm a good fit and that I can get in. Well, graduation day comes and they got their, their caps and their gowns and, and they've planned their graduation party. Of course, it's together. They planned it together. And so they go and they, they have the party. And that night, the girl who comes from the family that doesn't have as much money she gets a call, and her friend, who comes from a wealthy family, was crying on the other line, on the end of the line, and, and she's crying, and she says, my dad lost his job. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go anymore. And she said, well, didn't, didn't your dad have, have money saved up? And, and, and there's, there's got to be scholarships. She's like, no, it's, it's too late. They're all taken. The school's expensive. I, there's no way. 
that I can go. The other two, they end up going, they room together a month or two into college. Well, I mean, you know the type when an A minus is never enough. And they're always working, trying, striving, trying to make success this, this thing. They burned out. Their mental health went kaput and, and they had to drop out. And the only person that actually got to fulfill the dream, they couldn't afford to go. But because they were humble enough to say, okay, I, I need somebody else to help me. And, and that means I'm going to have my eyes on the coursework that I need. And, and that means I'm, I'm going to be able to enjoy high school, but I also am going to have to work hard and prepare. And I, I'm going to have, have both of these things. She was the only one that got to have that. Where are you going? See, the truth is, a lot of us, and for many of us, it will be like this. When it comes to heaven, some of us, we believe, well, it's just in the bag. We have enough to get in. I'm good enough to get in. It's all going to work out. I'll just focus on high school. The college thing will happen. I'll just focus on this life and this world. The heaven thing will happen. Some of us, we don't have that mindset. We say, man, if I'm going to get in, into heaven, I really got to work. I really got to impress God. I got to do all these religious things. And if I do all these religious things, then God owes me heaven. And is, any, is it any wonder that those of us that treat God like we're getting a grade from him rather than a relationship with him, that we're a little sad about our experience with God? Where are you going? Jesus tells a story of, of a tax collector who knew that there was no way. He needed scholarship for his sin. You know what I'm saying? Like th there was no way that because of the choices that he had made that he could afford his way into heaven through good works. The Pharisee, he thought, the religious leader, he thought that, that he would certainly be able to. Jesus said, it was the humble tax collector who gets in. Because it's not based on how good you are or how much God owes you. It's based on your position, your relationship with the one who lets you in. Where are you going? Which friend are you? See, the truth is when it comes to heaven, when it comes to life after death, what we believe, write this down, what we believe about our future what we believe about our future now, it changes how we experience the present. What we believe about eternity, whether there is one, whether you're, you just turn into a pile of dirt over time, or whether you go to heaven or hell, or if there's some sort of reincarnation, or there's all sorts of ideas that are out there. The truth is that including the one where you have nothing but you turn into dirt, there's no evidence or proof, I should say. There's no proof that any one of them is, is the correct one. There is certainly evidence for one. Real evidence. See, the, the thing about 
our future. If we think about high school in terms of I'm going to do college afterwards, it changes how we do high school. If we think about high school like I need to make high school awesome and I want to do awesome things in college later, I'll think about that later. Probably not going to happen in the same way. It's going to change how we do high school. It's the same in every arena of life. And it's the same with heaven. See, heaven can be described this way. We've talked about it like this before. If you were to take one grain of sand from the Sahara Desert, which is the size of the United States, and you've gotten an airplane and you flew it over to the United States and you just dropped it in your room, and then you went back and forth each year, each year, each year. And by the time that you got the entire, I mean, that's a lot of years. By the time you got even just a little pile of sand, okay, all your friends are dead and gone, all right? They're all, like, that's, that's very morbid and sad, isn't it? But, like, that's a long time. By the time that you get all of the Sahara Desert covering the entire United States, eternity has barely begun. And high school is four grains of sand. In all of the Sahara Desert, which is a blip of eternity. The way that you see your future, it changes how you experience the present. Let's talk about your present for a second. I know I was really morbid there, killing off all your friends. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about your friends. You forgive me? Forgive me for your, for your friends? Okay, thank you. It's church. We're supposed to forgive each other. Okay. Here's the truth, though. You have, on average... You have 80 years. Actually, to be more precise, you have about 79 years, 79 years to live on this side of heaven. The blue part of the circle, that represents, actually the whole circle is your life. Your blue part is the life that you have yet to live before you're dead. Uh, now I'm killing you off. I'm sorry. I am. I am. But we're going to get to the good part, okay? You're like, can we skip to the good part? Anyway, okay. Uh, and then what's this orange part over here? This orange part, that's the life you've already lived. You're a fifth of the way done, friends. Why do we want to not talk about that? It's four grains of sand. I remember when Pastor when I was in high school, Pastor Mike did this this thing at Easter one time. He he had this rope and it was stretched all the way around the worship center, and it went like out and around and around the property. Like it was, it was super long. And he said, this is like eternity. There's all of this eternity that happened before you, and, and then there's this, this section that's you, like right here, and that's all of human history. And of course, it goes on and on and on and on into the future, right? But there's a section that's all of human history right here, and then here we are, and oh, there's you. There you are. You're, you're just like a little, zip, little mark little sharpie mark right on the, on the rope there. That's you. And my friends, I want you to know that if you don't think about what happens after you die every moment of every day, that's okay. In fact, it could get a little unhealthy if that's all you're doing. God wants you to live your 79 to the fullest but if we are only focused on the 79, if we never set our sights towards our destiny, something's going to be off in the 79. And maybe you've experienced that already. Maybe you've experienced that on planet Earth, there are days where we get glimpses of heaven. 
And there's days where we get glimpses of hell. There's days where, where both of those, they break in, where evil shows up in our life. There's days where blessing and, and joy and peace, it shows up in our life. And whether, whether or not you believe that heaven is an actual place, that has nothing to do with whether or not you have to grapple with the fact that you will die and it would be wise to be prepared for what comes after that. Well, I think we just go on the ground. Why? What evidence do you have other than our bodies are in the ground that your soul is not? None, right? Just because one is religious and one sounds secular doesn't make one more true. You have 79 years, my friend. It's four grains of sand compared to the whole Sahara Desert, and that's just a blip of eternity. It's probably worth it to think about what you were really made for. Here's the truth, guys. We get 79 years, and in those 79 years, sometimes they're good, sometimes we suffer. And this is what God says about heaven, changing how we live right now. Romans chapter 8, verse 18, it says, Yet what we suffer now, and by the way, this word suffer, a lot of times we think suffer and we're like, oh, I'm suffering because my mom is making me do chores. Okay, does anyone have chores still they have to do? Any chore people? Okay, the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you, okay? You're going to make it. You're suffering for the Lord, okay? Others of you, you know, the suffering is the sickness in your family. Or the suffering, uh, it, it's all sort, it could be all sorts of negative things, right? But suffering in the Bible, it could be a negative thing. It could also be a positive thing like success or, or all sorts of different, different things in our life. Whatever we're experiencing is another way of saying it. Yet what we suffer now, guys, it's nothing compared to the glory. It's nothing compared to the glory that he will reveal to us later. In other words, it's nothing. What we're experiencing now, the negative things that we're experiencing now, it's nothing compared to the negative things of hell. But all the good things that we're experiencing now, it's nothing. It's nothing compared to the glory of heaven, to the light of heaven. Glory and light are almost synonymous in the Bible. And God says, let there be light for you. Not just someday when you die and, and, and having some insurance policy so that you can just sort of live like the world right now. And then when you die, you believed in Jesus, so that means I get into heaven. Ha ha, I played the system. You don't think God can see right through that? You think you're fooling God? Really? The only one missing out there is you. A lot of people will say, well, I'll just have my cake and eat it too. And God's like, I don't want you to have your cake and eat it too. I want to give you cake and ice cream. I want to give you a full life. And I want to give you eternal life. And let's just be honest, the ice cream is better. That's the eternal life. Can I get an amen in the house, please? Thank you. All right. All right, just making sure that we're still family. Okay. All right. Guys, there's a glory for you. There's a glory that's for you. You're made for it. The Bible says that this world is not our home. And some of you, you live like this world is all that there is, even though you believe in heaven. Why is that? Why is it that you, you live as though you don't have this glory coming? It's like you don't have hope. 
Do you know how many, you know how many people I talk to each week that tell me they're ready to end their life or they're slitting up their wrists or their thighs? Do you know how many people I talk to? They're like, nobody knows. I'm just telling you. I, I, I just, I can't even believe how many people are just like, there's no hope. And I want you to know you're wrong. I want you to know that there is glory for you and that it is coming and you don't have to wait until you're dead to experience it. And by the way, if you think that, well, I should just skip to the good part. I should just escape this broken world and God will send me to heaven and it will be great. I'm going to get out of here. I want you to know something. If you think you need to escape this world to get to heaven, you're missing what heaven's all about. You have a purpose right here. You have a purpose right now. There's a glory that needs to shine into this world, and it's through you. And if you weren't dead, not by your own choice, who would shine it? You can't see the glory yet, but God has put the glory in you. And the glory, man, it's, it's nothing compared. It's nothing compared to what we're going to see. Guys, you heard it in our Bible reading did you know in heaven, we don't need a temple anymore? We don't need a building like this. Do you know why? God replaced it with himself. Did you know that, that we don't need anymore? We don't need the sun or the moon. We don't need anything to like light up. We don't need electricity. You know why? God replaced it with himself. Did you know that every need that you have, every desire and longing of your heart that you meet through your phone, through your friends, through the drinking, through your boyfriend or girlfriend, through, through the substance, through whatever it is that you do to try to make yourself feel life and create a little bit of heaven here on earth for yourself. You don't need it. In fact, you, you don't need most of that stuff now. But in eternity, it doesn't even exist. You know why? Well, it's because only good people go to heaven. No, actually, it's only forgiven people that go to heaven. There's lots of bad people that are forgiven, that are going to heaven. The reason why it's not in heaven, friends, is because everything you're looking for is right in front of you in Jesus Christ. And you can have some of that right now. Here's how. I want you to ask this question with whatever you're facing, whether it's a good thing, it's a negative thing. I want you to ask this question. What does this look like in light of heaven? Write this down. What does this look like in light of heaven? Go ahead and just ask your neighbor, neighbor that. What does this look like in light of heaven? What does it look like? Okay. Let's try it. We're going to put something, we're going to, you, you know, like when the investigators are investigating someone for a crime and then they take the light and they shine it right in their face and they're like, tell me who did it, you know, like the, that kind of thing, like where they're illuminating the truth. Okay, here's, here's what, what we're going to do is we're going to do that, but we're going to do that with something that many of us face in our families, in our life. Let's try sickness. Let's put sickness on the hot seat. Go ahead and put that up there. And we're going to shine the light of heaven on sickness. Some of you, you, you have mental health things going on. 
Some of you, I know there's some of you that you have procedures coming up, I know, or procedures that um, haven't gone well. I know there's some of you that there's cancer in your family. I know that some of you, like sickness is a real thing that so many of us are facing. And I also want you to, to, as you think of that, you don't have to say, well, that's no problem because heaven. No, that's a challenge. But do you know that Jesus also says when we go to heaven, we get completely new bodies. Some of you are like, amen, I need a new body. Like, I, I don't like this one. This is not going well. You get a completely new body completely healthy and it will never break down there is no sickness in heaven and there might be four grains of sand where there's sickness but there is more than a Sahara desert in store for you and so when we, we compare the glory of what's to come and the glory that, that shines in even to these four grains of sand, all of a sudden these four grains of sand, they, they, they're not good. They're, they're not just all like, oh yeah, sickness is wonderful. I hate it when Christians do that. They're like, oh, oh, I love all my problems. They're just so wonderful. Let me tell you about all my problems because that just glorifies the Lord. And they're like empty inside, okay? right? So let's try another one. Let's try another one. Let's put another one out there. Here, let's do a positive one. Success. Who wants some more success in their life? I do. Anybody willing to admit that? Okay, I do. So say that, say you're like, I don't know, a basketball player and you're, you're on a team that, that uh, you know, plays a rival basketball team and it's a, like really close games for both the guys and the girls and, and like, like someone is going to come out on top, right? Say you lose the game. It's a bummer. Failure. It's four grains of sand. In fact, it's not, even just, it's not even one grain of sand. It's like a particle of a grain of sand. I am much more than this. And yeah, it's a bummer. But it puts your failures in perspective, doesn't it? Let's say that you won the game. You're like, awesome. And you should celebrate that. You worked hard for that. That's awesome. I'm not trying to diminish that. But did you know when you put it in the light of eternity, you shine the light on your success. And you're like, oh, you, you think that that's good? I know that's not my peak. Please don't be the person that peaks in high school. And please don't be the person that peaks before you die. Because you were made to live forever. And the peak, the climax of your story, it exists on the other side of your death. Don't be the person that, that peaks in high school. Your success, you have greater successes in your future. You have greater wins in your future because heaven was, the door to heaven was kicked down just for you. Don't miss that. Otherwise, you're going to peak on this side of life. And that's not very impressive. How about another one? Let's put another one out there. How about sin? Sin. What if you take your sin? And you put it in the light of heaven. All of a sudden it makes sinning a way bigger deal, doesn't it? Because that sin, for that few moments of pleasure, of bending the truth, of trying to impress someone, 
those few moments cost the rest of the Sahara Desert for you. There was somebody that was working a job. And of course, this is a story, so it was an impossible job. They had to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And they worked and they worked and they worked and they were so tired, they fell asleep for an hour. They woke up and they said, oh no. And their boss walks in the door and says, what have you been doing? They say, I'm so sorry, I fell asleep. I'll make it up to you. And then they started to think, how will I make it up? There's no way. And so it is with us and God. There's no way for you or me to make up for our sin. But when we put it in the light of heaven and say, God, I need like scholarship to heaven bad. I don't even deserve scholarship. I can't earn that. I just need grace. Last week we talked about when you step into the light, that's where you experience God's grace. And of course, that one impacts this one. What about when you put death in the light of heaven? What does it look like in the light of heaven? I do a lot of funerals. I do a lot of funerals and talk about death with a lot of people. So you might say, oh, that's a really sad subject to talk about death. Yeah, it's sad. But you don't have to grieve like it's all there is. Do you think your four grains of sand, do you think that they're like, you know, all there is to you? Are they a, your whole book? Or are they a chapter of your book? Because God wants to write more than a chapter in your life. God wants more than, and I'm talking about four grains, that's just for high school. Okay, so maybe you get 79 grains of sand. It'll barely even fill one of the little cracks and crevices of your hand. That's why the Bible says your life is a mist, it's a vapor, it's just fading away. Friends, in light of heaven, you can live with hope. In light of heaven, which is a real place, in light of heaven, it changes the way everything else looks. It changes the way that everything else in your life feels because the way that we see our future, it changes how we experience right now. And so here's Jesus' promise to you. Jesus has promised to you tonight for all of us. It's the same promise he gave to his disciples. It was the night that he was betrayed and he was basically saying goodbye to his best friends. And he said, when everything's ready, I'm going, I'm I'm leaving right now, but when, when everything's ready, I will come back. I will come and I will get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Where is he? He's in heaven. Jesus says, in my father's house in in heaven, there's many rooms. You know what Jesus did for a living? Ministry, of course, yeah, yeah. You know what he did before that to pay the bills? His family business. He was a carpenter. He knew how to build rooms, and he says that I'm going to prepare a place for you. There is a place for you. 
not just at Ignition. There's a place for you, not just at a church. There's a place for you in eternity. And I wonder if you want to go. How do you go? How do you go to heaven? How do you live your life on this side of heaven, not missing out, but living life to the full? It's actually a lot simpler than you think. It's that you trust in this promise right here. That when everything is ready, the light is coming. And God will say, let there be light again. And the glory of Jesus Christ is going to show up. And you're going to be able to look Jesus in his face. You're going to be able to see what color his eyes are. You'll get to see that he's not as white as all of those European paintings said. You'll get to see the holes in his hands. You'll get to see how tall he was. And when he walks up to you, you'll get to see whether he knows you or not. And my friends, I want you to know that right now, he wants to know you. And he wants you to be in his kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, so that you would always be with him where he is. So my question for you tonight, what does this look like in light of heaven? What does this situation look like in light of heaven? Do you know what would happen if we asked this question in our everyday life? All of a sudden our problems, they would start to get smaller. Our, our, our issues that, that seem to dominate our thoughts, our focus, it would start to change. And we would start to experience glimpses of heaven. We wouldn't want to skip to the good part. Or we wouldn't want to try to play this game where we have our cake and eat it too. We instead would start to see glimpses of heaven in our own life. And we would say, God, more. God, show up. God, we want to see heaven and earth come together. Because did you know? The Bible does not describe heaven as some place in the clouds where you float around and play harps with naked angel baby cabbage patch dolls. You've seen the paintings, right? Some of you are like, huh, what is that? It's what most people think about going to heaven. I'll sit and I'll play a harp and I'll wear a robe. I hate robes, but I'll wear this robe. No. Heaven is where Jesus is. It's forever. And there's no glory on this side of heaven that can even compare. And even though you sin. Jesus wants you in. Even though you hurt, Jesus wants you to never hurt again. So accept it. His scholarship to you. It's the cross. He paid your way. You don't have to take a class. You don't have to get your life all together. All you got to do is say, all right, I'll show up. All right, here we go. All right, the, this, if, if this is the gift you have for me, I will take it. 
my friends, that gift, it's free. So what I want to do right now is I want to pray. As we pray together, I want you to uh, close your eyes. and um, I want you to just, we all have different images that come to our mind when we think of heaven. But the most important thing to come to mind is Jesus. And I want you to just picture Jesus as we pray. I want you to picture us walk. It's the end of all things. And, and the light has shined into this world. And Jesus has come. And, and everybody's like, oh yeah. I guess the Christians were right. At least about Jesus. And everyone's just amazed. Everyone's falling to their knees before him. And he's walking up to people. And he touches them on the shoulder. And smiles at some and he walks just walks by others and then he starts walking in your direction I want you to picture him walking towards you with his eyes fixed on yours as we pray Jesus we thank you that you give us the gift of new and everlasting life Lord, help us to see the light that's coming, the glory that's coming, the joy that's coming. Lord, fill us with hope so that as we live our life here, our 79 years or these four grains of sand in high school, that they would be, they would be lived now for your glory. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, stand and receive this blessing. Stand together. Now may the God who created the heavens and the earth and sent his son to pave the way so that sinners like you and me could be with him forever, keep you and hold you in his peace in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Have a great time at Small Group. We will see you next week. We're having a party. We had a hard message this week, but next week we're going to have a party. Amen. Anyone ready for a party? It's going to be like heaven. 